0: Welcome back to Talking Talmud. I'm Ann Gordon, here with my friend and chavruta, Ahazband, our daf of the day, Masachah Pesachim, daf ayin Dalad, Page 74. Not just page 74, but a new chapter. Chapter 7. We are making our way through Sachim. Um, And this is, we're moving, I guess the whole topic of this parak moves into the eating of the Korban Pesach, which begins, of course, with the cooking of the Korban Pesach, meaning we are, we have left Erev Pesach, we have left all of these preliminary questions of designating the korban and for that matter much of the much of the of the korban anyway as we've talked about it and somewhat avoided some of the blood. Um, and then today's discussion really begins with our Mishnah which literally says how do you roast the korban pesach et a pesach and solin or tzli are going to be our keywords meaning roasted. solin at a pesach how do you roast the korban pesach and the Mishnah gives us a description. So you take a spit, a shipud, a skewer, um, and it should be from rimon wood. This is pomegranate wood, the wood of a pomegranate tree or branch of a pomegranate tree. And you shove it into the mouth of the lamb until you come all the way through to the anus of the animal and then what happens is you put the legs you put its legs and the insides inside of it and you roast it all together i don't really understand how you can put the legs inside of it but this is the description these are this is what the words say um i'm not planning on actually doing this physically not only because we don't have a beta dash. um okay so that's Haglili is uh, i'm sure we'll talk more about him in terms of a proper formal who's who but he's most most famously known i think for his sack that chicken should be part of um you, Dan,
1: you have anything else to add about him before we go on nope you can go on i mean it, it's you know look i trying to picture what this actually looked like i think there are a lot of people who this may not be so appetizing to think about eating it when it's like really cooked on a spit that way i've seen an animal cooked on a spit once. It was a pig, actually, I, for a much longer story, but I wandered once into a pig roast. Um, it's a different way to cook food, but I'll comment on that a little <laughs> bit more later. Okay. <laughs> and
0: uh, Listen, we've seen chickens, right? Rotisserie chickens kind of rotate, I don't like this kind of an, thing. An, but
1: a mammal is different than a chicken.
0: It is. It is. I, yes, I understand. Okay. In any case, Rebe Kiva does not support Rebio Seaglili's view here at all. Uh, maybe not at all. Omer in bishul huze. So Rabbi Kiva's concern is that when you take the legs and the and the insides, the entrails, and you shove them inside the animal, and you're going to cook it that way, right? Which is what Rabbi Yosef just said to do. He says in bishul. This is like cooking, meaning bishul, which is cooking that involves water. That's like technical cooking, as compared to roasting right this is uh again the technicalities of the actual uh preparation of the food it's not it doesn't just mean oh we we'll cook meat that's what we're talking about no bishul versus tli cooking with water according to Kiva, you should leave the these aspects of the animal legs and entrails outside of the body of the animal so that they kind of Cook, that they, they can roast rather rather than cook, rather than be shall cook. It's tricky because the Hebrew is so precise. And in English, I guess we do have the same two words, but I feel like I call everything cooking. And even if I don't, even if it's not technically accurate in that way. <speaking> in <Spanish> um, askala. So it says, don't, you cannot roast your, your korban pesach on a metal spit. And a, on the shipud, nor on a metal grill. Askalah is a grill. Ama Rabban Gamliel Avdok. So we have a story now in the Mishnah, which is again is somewhat unusual to have more narrative. What is Rabbi Sadok? We've already talked about who he was, right? Rabbi Sadok says that there's a story about Rabban Gamliel who said to Tavi. Now you may remember Tavi from earlier Masachtot, where Tavi is the slave or the servant, I guess, of Rabban Gamliel, and He's very famous because he shows up in the Gemara as the person that Rabban Gamaliel tells to go do things. And in this case, he tells Tavi to go, He says, go and um, roast us the the Korban Pesach on the grill. Meaning the story about the Rabbi Tadok is bringing in the Mishnah, quoting Rabban Gamaliel to Tavi is to counter the view that you cannot do it on a grill. Because look, Rabbi Gleil did it, so you must be that you could. So all of this is to give us some serious perspective on what it means to roast the animal. The Gemara picks up on these details from the Mishnah, and specifically in terms of how you're going to go and roast the animal. The Gemara says, well, let them use metal, right? Let the, let the skewer, let the spit be metal because the government says when you're talking about something that's metal then once part of it is hot part of it is hot uh, part of it is hot then all of it is hot meaning the idea is that the the meat will be equally cooked, right? It will be roasted on an even temperature, let's say because the metal that is in it will equalize in terms of temperature very quickly much more quickly than anything else which is good science, you know, to find here in the Mishnah. The come right? And then all of the meat on that shipud, on that skewer, becomes roasted because of the heat of the spit. So then the verse is well the Torah says that the karban pesach should be roasted on fire. What does that mean? Right? Sli esh. machmat And not roasted because of something else, like a metal skewer that's in the middle of the animal. meaning don't roast it from the inside out, roast it from the outside in or up from the fire itself to be really careful in the in the specific language of the biblical verse all right, so why not then use the a skewer from decal from um, from palm wood? Why do you need the Riremolin wood? Why do you need the pomegranate wood? I did to eat le shibe ma, ma- pique maya, the havivusha. The problem with palm, with a palm wood, is that there's some amount of grooving in the wood between the leaves, let's say, whatever, where they grow, and then there's a potential to give off a little bit of water. You're giving off a little bit of water, now we're talking cooking, now we're talking bishul, I mean, as opposed to sleek. So that means that the palm branch, the palm branch is not a good, is not a good skewer, specifically for the Korban Pesach, any other cooking, I'm sure it's fine so use a fig branch. Why, well, why do we care about a pomegranate branch so much? And the fig branch Well the, thing, the problem with the skewer of the, from the fig tree is that it is hollow and in that hollow you have a risk of you know moisture accumulating and then when you add the heat then that moisture comes out as water and again you've got cooking as opposed to roasting. So use from. I'm sorry, I skipped the word. alone, We have all kinds of trees. You could use your wood from. Use from a oak tree, or a carob tree, or a sycamore tree, right? All of these are hard. They are not. They are not liquid. <laughs> They're not water-filled kinds of trees. I did the eat kiche mafikmaya. So the Gemara says, "Well, you're right. These are hard wood, right? But they each have knots. When you have to cut off the knots to smooth that branch." Then you actually might end up getting water from where, from those places where you had cut off the knots. Because, you know, hard wood, I guess, has more knots. And so the Gemara says, Shilrimon, Nami Ibe Kitche, you're also going to have knots in the pomegranate wood. What are you talking about? So the Gemara answers and says, its knots are smooth. Now, this is more information than I ever knew about the pomegranate tree, even though I have seen pomegranate trees like, you know, you know in the next door to my building or in my friends and relatives backyards certainly in israel there are many many pomegranate trees i I am now curious to go and examine the branches to see exactly how smooth they are and the word continues you you don't have to straighten out that branch of the rimon. you don't have to um do anything with a knife to make it straight, so you don't any don't get any water. So then you have to say, well, here we're talking about a, a branch, bar shata, the first year of the tree, it seems to be, where it doesn't even yet have knots, meaning not just that you don't have to smooth out the knots, but you have a branch here that has no knots. Of course, the first year of the tree, it also, besides being very fledgling, um, it won't have any fruit yet. Um, but I, at this point, we're really just concerned about having a hard wood that doesn't have knots or isn't, that, yeah, that doesn't have knots. So this is this apparently, the conclusion is we're talking about a pomegranate tree, the psake. So the gemara says one second, but then you had to cut it off from the tree, right, which would have been true for any of these cases, right? You have to cut that branch off from the tree. And at that point, you could have water coming from the, from the place, from that, from that, I don't know what it's called, the site where it would have been otherwise attached to the tree. Um, and the Gemara answers, no, no, you leave that, bar here means outside of the animal. You leave that, that, the very edge, I guess, where you cut it off from the tree, you just leave it outside of the animal, then you don't have to worry that it's giving off water inside of the animal. And what you end up with is um, you don't end up with any cooking, you end up with roasting. But I just want to note that the Gemara goes on to say that this is not in accord with the opinion of Rabbi Yehuda. Right? says the same way that a thing of wood, right? if you're using wood inside the animal, it doesn't get burned. So then the same thing, the the, put, the skewer of metal is not going to become burning hot. So you don't even have to worry about this. Specifics of the wood. You could go back to using the metal. You're really fine. Um, And then the Gemara just continues. And and with this, then I'll hand it off to you. Um, Amrulo. They say back to him. And we've already made this point that when you've got metal, you know, when part of the skewer is hot, then really the whole of it becomes hot in in its entirety. And that's not really the case when you're talking about um, when you're talking about wood and the reason that that's an issue is not because of the water as much as this concern of are you what is what is doing the cooking so he kind of on the one hand he'll he, he takes a much more expansive view to what the shippud can be made of but i'm not sure that it gets him out of the concern about having slee ash and not roasting via any other
1: means like you know metal inside of the animal on the spit I I think what the Gemara is doing here is paying attention to why specify the Ramon wood. And because it's such a weird detail, right? It should just be used tree. Um, And I liked how they sort of went through every single type of tree to really understand sort of the agriculture behind it or what's special about it. Um, But also that they're so careful. I mean, the theme of this daft to me is really being careful about how you cook your meat. So the issue that's brought up here is is, you know, not having it mivushal, not having it cooked with any other juices, right, that sap that could come from the tree, um, and just wanting it to be roasted. And then I think that gets into the rest of the daf, which is, you know, quite frankly, it's really bloody. Um, And I think we've talked about this multiple times, uh, that it underscored for me, again, what separation we have today from how our food is actually prepared, um, to what it was like, back then. You know, this is real sort of farm to table or literally animal to table. You know, we really have to get rid of the blood. And most of us just go to the butcher and pick up our meat and we don't even think about it. And here there's really a very detailed discussion about how does blood get absorbed or discharged with what cooking methodologies, if the food is face up, if it's face down, um you know it was pretty it, it was a little bit gory and bloody and i know ann you don't like to <laughs> necessarily read you 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 don't do blood so um but but I, but also i just thought it was interesting just to see some of those considerations like i don't ever these are not things i think about when i prepare
0: meat um I certainly don't. I'm really appreciative of the Western civilization of, like, I, I wanna stop here and not be too cavalier. I believe in paying attention to where our anim- where our meat comes from, where all of our food comes from, in terms of, you know, uh, being aware, that, you know, making sure that, that the meat is coming from, you know, well-run kinds of places and there isn't abuse or whatever. Like all of these meat farms are really very often very terrible. But I'm not talking, so in terms of ethical, farm, animal, husbandry, whatever, I care about that and I care about paying attention to it. I have difficulty with, um, you know, paying attention too much to the live factor at the time that I'm about to eat it. And I know that there are plenty of people who say, well, that is why you should go and learn how to do shkita yourself. And my answer is like, I am, the whole reason is that I'm sensitive to this issue, not because I'm, I'm not sensitive to the issue. Right. So I I don't feel like you're like, I'm good. I don't think I need to exacerbate. I think I would become a vegetarian very, very quickly. And I don't believe I don't I don't want to be a vegetarian. I don't believe in being a vegetarian for this reason, because I don't because I'm too sensitive to to the concern. I believe that, you know, Hashem gave us animals to eat as long as we cultivate them in an ethical way. Blah, 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 blah. blah. I I don't mean to. Again, I'm not trying to be disrespectful of people who have made these their causes. I just want to explain why the, the the the. the factor of whatever. Hopefully, this is clear.
1: Yes. So I, uh, but I just wanted to note that. I mean, it's a lot of detail about the blood and how we get rid of blood, which really is an important underpinning of kashrut, and you know. So I think we can't really ignore it. Um, the only other thing I wanted to point on this stuff was, you know, sort of mid to bottom of Amud Bet, um, this p- particular pas- passage, Umsa. Right, which is this raw meat, right? There was this whole discussion about putting raw meat within the, the animal, a cavity of an animal itself, and cooking it that way, which obviously sounds like a type of delicacy, right? And they give many examples of that with poultry and animals, right? And what what would indicate if blood actually did leak out and under what circumstances can you eat it or not eat it? But this umsa, right? Umsa be'i umiz- umizrike, right? So we have raw meat right, that was eaten without being salted, testicles of an animal, and the large ba- veins of the neck. Plig eba rav'acha rav'ina. So rav'acha and rav'ina disagreed about this. And now the Gemara tells us, and again, I just think this was an important biographical point, and I'm going to do a little who's who about rav'acha and rav'ina. Bechola rav'acha In all of the Torah, in other words, whenever you see a machlokas between Ravach and rav'ina, rav'acha is going to be the more machmer, the more stringent opinion, and rav'ina will be the more Makeel the more lenient opinion. Ravina Lukula. And the opinion's going to file the more lenient run like Ravina. Levar Mahane to Rav Acha Lukula Viravina Except in these three cases, which the Gemara will then go on and explain, where Rav Acha is actually Makeel, where Rav Acha is actually more lenient, and Ravina is more stringent. Khatak And again, we're going to passkin like the more lenient opinion. So who are Ravakha and Ravina, right? So they're like about uh sixth generation. Babylonian Amoraim. Uh, we don't know a tremendous amount about Ravacha, but we think he, in some passages, he's referred to Ravacha, the son of Rava. And it's the question, you know, was he the Rava uh, of um, of who argues with the Some people say it's a different Rava, um, and he um, he took over for Marzutra as the head of the Pumpadita yeshiva. Um, and you know, so that's sort of what you know. You'll see him also. Some of his teachers are Rav Kahana the third, Rav Ashi. Memar and Marzutra, who I mentioned. So that's Ravacha And Ravina, the thing to know about Ravina is there's actually two Ravinas. There's one Ravina sort of, we would call the first, and then there's a second Ravina who's his nephew. Um, and he learned in Mach- Machoza, right, which we've talked a lot about, um, and uh, also went to yeshiva at a very, very uh, young age. His father died when he was young. And there's an interesting Gemara in Menachos where his mother sort of has to remind him of some of the things, some of his father's halakha. Um, and, um, you know, but again, the important point is he seems to be a colleague of Rav Acha. Um, and, you know, this particular piece of that, you know, he was usually more lenient and Rav Acha was usually more stringent. Um, but the other thing is, is that he seems to have learned with Rav Ashi. Um, well, sorry, let me back up a little bit. Rav Ashi, who eventually, who we say sort of began the redaction of the Gemara, right? Like sort of really formalizing what was in the Talmud he was the head of the Beit Midrash in Sura, um, or, you know, it's suburb of Mata, uh, uh, what was the name of that city? It's uh, Mata Mahasa. And, um, and, you know, he was there too. But I think there's a little bit of a question, is it, is it this Ravina or is it, you know, his, his nephew? Like, which Ravina, uh, well, which Ravina is it who actually maybe helped Ravashi with the redaction of the Talmud? That's the piece. Uh, that he maybe learned with Ravashi and Sura, that that may be the case. So there's a little bit of confusion when you see the name Ravina, like which one does it actually refer to? Um, so that's just my little who's who, because I just thought it, it had such a nice little passage, uh, you know, put in here about who do we actually Paskin like?
0: I did not know that there were two Ravinas. I'm a little embarrassed to admit that, but I didn't. And I'm glad to know because I wonder how many times I've conflated them.
1: Right. I mean, the same way as like there's two Rav Kahanas, you know, which is also very which is also very confusing. I mean, again, you know, Ravina, this this other Ravina, right, also seems to have learned with Ravachi. So I think my understanding from what I've read is it's not always clear which one is which one is is which. So the the
0: the lesson I would say that I take from this is right. So. There are many people on the pages of the Kabbalah that I feel that I know, right? I've encountered them and I've learned of their statements for however long. And I feel like, okay, so maybe I should be checking up on who they are, the who's who. And again, I don't know if we've ever talked about this, but there are several books that are out there that are available for people who want to become, you know, experts in the, in the who's who of the Talmud. Um, one, maybe we'll just put a list when we, when we post the link um,
1: on Facebook. Oh, that's a great idea. That is a list that we should um, we should get together. Okay, a future project for us. Because <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to take the time now, and, but yeah, I just want to say,
0: like, there are places to look. These people up. You could start with Wikipedia. Meaning, you know, just about everybody's online now. But you know,
1: yeah. And I want to be clear to everybody. I just happen to have a personal interest in this and love looking this stuff up. So I look it up. It's not like I somehow have this all floating in my head. It's very often that we'll just come up. Just I want to explain to people how we prep the doc, You know. Part of our intention was to talk about these personalities. So, like today, I saw that passage and I'm like, oh, this is a good opportunity to refresh my memory and to talk a little bit about who Ravach and Ravina are.
0: Right. Yes. But also, and we've talked about this many times, is I appreciate that you have this interest and this expertise, but I believe in always checking who the people are, which is why I should not be cavalier and assume I do know who they are when I do or when I think I do, because they tell us something about where somebody's coming from in their like first of all we can line people up then and understand that this is a consistent approach or maybe something is an unusual statement for them to be making a different kind of approach or when something about who they are or, or what their background is will have impact on how they pass you know when we had all this discussion of Rav Sheshet whose Rav Sheshet is blind and now we can and sometimes the Gemar tells us that and sometimes the Gemar doesn't tell us that and I am certain that there are many many piski halacha by Rav Sheshet where his blindness has no bearing whatsoever but every so often it's really relevant to to the approach that he takes. And if I didn't know that, then I would be missing something in understanding the PSAC itself or the discussion anyway.
1: Right. I, yes. So I, I firmly believe in that. I think everyone who's been learning with us knows that I believe in that and we'll continue to see that unfold. We, we still have many more years, God willing, to learn the DAP together. Well, that's our DAP discussion for the day. Ring us, review us on all major podcasts. Thank you to our Benit Michelle Farber for hosting us on the Hadron website. Let us know what you thought about this stuff and some of its very, very specific details about roasting meat with or without blood on our Talking Talmud Facebook page. And until tomorrow, go and learn.